You're literally, are you literally still, are you literally still quitting all the open programs that you have? <laughs> are you using talking as a stalling tactic because it's taking you so long to quit all of your programs? Alright, now I'm recording. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Cool, I'm recording too. Welcome back to Beats, Rye, and Types, which is a podcast about music, food, and programming. I'm AQ, and I'm here with MRB and our special guest today, uh, my brother from another mother, Avi Ehrenfeld, who we have talked about on the show before, but he happens to be with me in Kingston today, so we figured we should do a show while, while he's here and hang out and get to talk. And he's really nervous and really excited, which is awesome and fun. <laughs> um, you were just listening to a song by LP, who is one of our all-time favorite uh, hip-hop producers and also fellow Brooklynite. It was uh, the instrumental to the song Drones Over Brooklyn, which was from his Cancer for Cure album, which came out a couple years ago. Yep. So, Avi, we usually ask the guest why they picked the song that they picked. Yeah, uh, well, thank you guys um, so much. I'm so stoked. Uh, I've been totally <laughs> listening and following along, and uh, it's awesome to be here in real time with this guy. Um, so LP, I think, was the first thing that popped into my head when AQ was like, uh, pick a song, because a very good number of years ago, I think Aaron first... Uh, became super interested in LP's production and music. This was uh, when Def Jux, his original label, was kind of a big underground thing in Brooklyn. We were in high school, and this was way, way before anything that he had done with Killer Mike, which is what has kind of recently catapulted him into people kind of knowing who he yeah. is. But AQ and I have, via run the jewels. Yeah, via run the jewels, totally. And um, but I think I picked it just because he was one of the first producers and rappers that Aaron and I just became kind of obsessed with, and his production style and just everything about Jeff Jux. We were we were total fanboys <laughs> way way early on, and yeah, uh, so was I. Yeah, yeah, it's super awesome. I think I hear, I think to this day, I hear a lot of LP in Aaron's production. And every time I think back to like where our music making started, LP pops into my head. So that's, that's why I went there. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That must've been cool to like be in high school and, and, and to think like, oh man, this is happening like near here. Yeah. Uh, it actually reminds me of like a sketchy story where I followed Aaron and our buddy Cronenberg to an LP concert that I was too young to get into, but, but Aaron and Cronenberg were old enough and, and like, so, you know, classic, uh, like nineties, 2000 going to concerts, like 
don't worry about it. We'll figure it out when we that get there. That was in like North Williamsburg. Yeah, too. yeah. Like we went all the way out to North Williamsburg. <laughs> and where I, was the gig? Do you remember? Uh, uh, it was in that. It was in that venue in North Williamsburg that closed a little while South ago. Paw? No, no, Southpaw's in in Park Slope. Oh, right. Southpaw's in the slope. It was. Was it North Six? Was that it? That sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Became the music hall of Williamsburg. It's like one of those places now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they got in and I got jumped. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Oh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but uh, I think it was actually, if you listen to a lot of LP's music, it was a really appropriate life lesson. They didn't let you into the show, so then you had to like go home alone and you got jumped. Is that what yeah, happened? Or I like what? hung out in front for a while, and then like some sketchy stuff went down, and then I went home. <laughs> oh, oh man, I forgot about that. That's fucked up. Cause that was so. What was that? Nineteen ninety nine or something? That was 99 or two thousand. Cause it must have been my senior year of high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the summer after my senior year of high school. Yeah. Yeah, that neighborhood wasn't that chill at that time. Yeah. No. Now there's literally now there's literally an American Apparel like three doors down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So the situation has definitely changed a little bit. I mean, happy ending. We went to many other Shows, concerts yeah, like very soon after. So it was bottom line. It was really awesome to see all of those guys perform. Um, Aesop Rock when he was still active and yeah. performing a lot, which I think he kind of still does a little bit. But totally. So, well, one of the reasons I was excited, besides bringing one of my great friends on the show, which is fun just to chat, and but the reason that you've come up in episodes before, oh, well, a couple things. One, we used to make music together, as as you said. Two, you are a very talented and accomplished potter and ceramic artist. So, Avi, just go on. Avi <laughs> <laughs> so, just graduated from. Uh, a master's program at University of Nebraska at Lincoln. Yep. He has just a is super talented. I think we posted some of his stuff on the feed before too. MRB has recently gotten really into doing pottery, so they've been sharing tips and stories and stuff like that. And then also, thirdly, recently um, in the past probably year and a half, you jumped into the world of programming, and now you're currently yeah. actively seeking employment as a as a programmer, which is pretty exciting too. Yeah, yeah, it is super exciting. As you've been a long term potter and short term programmer, what like what? How does that feel? Like what were what what was the motivation to picking up programming and I mean, and what yeah. have is there anything that you've like learned from your pottery days that you've applied to the programming world? Totally. Great question. (laughs) I, uh, to start off, I would probably say that being, growing up around you was (laughs) definitely how I was introduced to sort of, let's say, low-end computer science or computer (laughs) science by proximity. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, is that, you know, Aaron was definitely playing with tools and toys ahead of the curve when it came to making music and also just art in general, making like flash flash animations <laughs> and really like funny things yeah. like way back in the day. I always, you know, having an artistic sense um, was a part of a lot of those projects aesthetically, idea-wise, with our unique style of brainstorming that we used to <laughs> love to do. And uh, 
I think, you know, I was always really inspired by the way Aaron was able to say, hey, you know, it would be really cool if we did this. And then he actually would figure out how to do it, how to facilitate it and how to utilize whatever technology was available to us to make it happen. I think back to it and when we were doing these things, YouTube was non-existent slash a baby. And yeah, it wasn't. It I mean, wasn't. It we wasn't. Had, there was like a, we like. I remember one time there was some. We had like recorded concert footage of one of our concert type things or something that we did, and we we're like, "How do we post this on the internet?" We had yeah. this video, and I was yeah. like, "How do we like <laughs> transmit this to someone else?" And so I had to like go through this like crazy roundabout process of like encoding it in like real player format yeah. and then like setting up a real player server, which I think I was like running a league. Yeah. <laughs> like just to, just to host like a, just to host like this yeah. shitty video to get our stuff out there. <laughs> um, so I think about that all the time and how like, wow, you know, if we were that age now, all that crazy stuff that we had been doing would be plastered everywhere and maybe it's for the best uh you know it's kind of it's kind of nice to be able to archive and control those well, let's things, say but... let's just say we won't be running for president yeah. if all that stuff was on the internet um that was definitely uh the way that i became you know computer literate let's say and you know aaron was definitely i would get you know i remember i got my first uh like macbook and brought it to aaron and he hooked it up, you know, <laughs> and um, got the programs we needed to, to do the fun things that we wanted to do. And so I guess from a pretty early stage, I had access to like cool programs and cool things that I could mess with. And it kind of just naturally taught me to be able to navigate and do things like that. So I carried that through as I was going through my undergrad education in fine arts started programming or really just doing like HTML markup and stuff like that and building little sites and doing things with friends just on the side and hanging out with a lot of artists and nonprofits. You definitely get a lot of, oh, you can make me a website, you know? So <laughs> that kind of just inspires you to figure stuff out. Um, and so I had a little bit of groundwork that had been laid and then just three years ago, I decided to go back to school to get my master's. And it was actually while I was in uh, that program that I started getting involved with the computer science program at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Like why, why pottery? Like I know Mike, Mike could probably answer this question too for himself, but like why ceramics like what uh, was the i'll i'll be super duper honest <laughs> uh just that's that's because that's how i roll i uh i got into two colleges i i only was accepted to two colleges one was cooper union in manhattan and the other one was alfred university in western new york i think my family thought it would be kind of a good idea to get me out of the city a little bit and I think that was a great idea. And when I got to Alfred, um, for those who are familiar with the ceramic world, Alfred is kind of a mecca of education in ceramics. But you didn't really know that going No, in. oh, absolutely yeah. not. I had, I had no idea. I, I got into Alfred with a portfolio in expanded media, which was a collection of music and animations that we had made together and digital projects. And that's, that's what got me in there. 
And then when I arrived, the hot medium uh, was clay and was ceramics. And I think my personality is that I am definitely drawn to challenging things. And I was definitely influenced by the fact that everybody around me, you know, was was so stoked on this on this art form. And I was like, let me give it a try. And I think it was sort of immediate support for my educators that snowballed the whole situation. Yeah. What about you, MRB? What what about clay like kind of interests you or what, was it just the class that you started in or what did you have an interest before then too? Yeah, I mean, it's a very different situation because it was something that, you know, I, yeah, basically like I, because obviously it's it's really different because it's like a, a hobby that I do. I wish I had more time to spend on it. And I hope to one day have the opportunity to like have a concentrated, like, ti- like I was saying, Maya and I were saying like, oh man, how cool would it be if I could actually like get two weeks to like just work on this, it would be awesome and probably would be like super impactful. But anyway, I appreciated ceramics, you know, for the sake of ceramics for a long time and like started getting into it a little bit more and collecting a little bit here and there with my wife, like in the past three or four years. I um, I definitely, something that we've talked about on the show before is that I definitely appreciate m- things more deeply when I understand more about how they're made uh, and get an appreciation for how they're made and constructed. So uh, my wife was like, well, you love, you know, you really uh, like love ceramics, you should try it and, you know, maybe you'll like it. And if you won't, if you don't like it, you'll at least like learn to appreciate it more deeply. So like being able to like pick a pot up and you know know about some things about how it's made just by like learning at the studio has been like a really rewarding thing being able to tell like how it was fired and what kind of clay it's made with and you know what kind of style they're looking for what kind of glazes are on it that kind of stuff has been really fun thing to to learn and definitely has helped me appreciate ceramics more that's a i mean that's a fantastic reason uh to get into it and i feel like i can mirror those same feelings about programming. You know, I got to this point where I would see these cool things and I was just like, how are these made? How do these work? What glaze? What's the framework? How is it fired? What's the back end? Like, you know, <laughs> I I like would dig in. I, I've been digging into it with the same kind of attitude that I think uh, uh, you've had about ceramics. So... That's really awesome. Yeah, we talked about that before. Like, they're, they're, we kind of like are the duels of each other in terms of like what we're learning and how we're getting into it. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, a challenging thing about a challenging thing about learning ceramics is that you know it, I can't just like do it all the time or like in my house really or like and so that's a thing that makes learning how to you know learning computology such like a it, it's such a crazy thing because you can literally just like lock yourself in a room pretty much the sum total of like knowledge that you need to like get started is like right in front of you. I mean, there's, there's parallels of course, because, you know, I'm very interested personally in computer science pedagogy, like in, in particular. And of course I know that like having a human being to learn from is helpful regardless of the medium that you're learning. But there is that 
interesting physical limitation of like making a physical thing. I mean, that that's another thing that really drew me uh, to doing it and being committed to it was because I've all I've all I always like make things, you know, so there's always like some something that I'm making. So I really uh, in terms of like things that I've spent periods of time making, I'm really, really enjoying working with clay. It's really cool. The people that do it are really interesting. It's a really diverse group of people that like are at my studio making it's a particular kind of person that like works all week and then like you know goes twice a week for two or three hours at a time to a pottery studio just to like do that you know it's like it's cool the people are really interesting you you could you can't predict the type of person that you'll end up meeting in that in that case so which is sort of a a, a benefit over you know the stereotypical kind of idea of who is attracted to like programming these days but well i think what well what i guess what like ties them though is well two things level of difficulty and community both of them are lifetime sports mm-hmm. you know and well it's kind of the same like i don't know if it's total level of difficulty as much as it is like learning curve type thing where there's like steep. it's not like it, i think both there's like a not a dirt not necessarily a direct proportion to the amount of time you put in in, in it and the amount of time how good you are like it is directly at, as in over time you'll get better but it's like kind of like a up and down right. thing over time where it's like you're always going to hit these troughs of Pla- like troughs and plateaus yeah. yeah absolutely and i think community is also what kept me in ceramics and drew me further in. And for the past, I guess, almost 10 years, I've been really deeply involved and have traveled all over the United States and met so many amazing people through ceramics. And I think now that I am starting to get involved with programming and I'm starting to make friends with people in other places and other countries, I'm really glad that I've sort of had that prerequisite training in good community building because you know coding has a huge community as well and it's super important so i think that both those things you should you should tell us about the airstream trailer like that's part of your history because it's such a such an interesting thing that doesn't i mean clearly doesn't exist in programming but it definitely is like a cool like regardless like i don't think a lot of people know about it and it's a yeah absolutely um so shout outs to allegheny meadows who is the creator of the Artstream Nomadic Gallery, which is a Airstream trailer, a 1969 land yacht Airstream, which was gutted and converted into a mobile gallery. And my wife, Lila, and I spent a couple of years driving it around the country from one education center to another, one conference to another, slinging some (laughs) of the best handmade pots in the United States, not just artists out of the United States. The art stream usually has about 20 artists at a time, a lot from the US and then a couple from some other countries. But the creator of it, Allegheny, is a very, very talented potter himself and has an incredibly high standard and expectation for making, crafting, participating in the community. And he was he was a great mentor for us all around. Definitely taught us about hustling and, mm-hmm. you know, keeping keeping going and, and working really, really hard. 
Yeah, we would we would drive that thing all around the country. And in the off time when we weren't traveling, we were back in the studio making more work to fill it up, to hit the road, to sell more pots and to basically get these really, really finely crafted handmade objects into people's hands. Because I think, you know, we don't really have to dig too deep into it, but there's like a huge gap between the production Walmart mug and the masterfully, you know, made cup and the experience that you have with one versus the experience that you have with the other. Um, and so that's like a big part of the philosophy of that whole project. For sure. I guess it like parallels the learning gap too, but like the quality gap in terms of ceramics is an interesting one because the gap is so clear and physical between like a handmade object and yeah. something that's mass produced. But I guess there's similar parallels between, you know, like we talked about with food before and definitely with you know, all the artisanal programming that we yeah, do. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but you, like music too, you know, like there's like, you know, we all, people, whether or not they realize that this is what they're saying, like the difference between pop music and something that like a band produces on their own in their garage or in their studio, there's like the difference is what a, what a lot of people see as a difference is like the, the handmade nature yeah. of it, the fact that there, there's an artist's impression on it versus, like, everyone can sing along to, to pop music, but it doesn't mean that it's, like, there there is, everyone knows that this is pop music and there's something, there's some there's some piece of, piece of soul or whatever it is missing yeah. from it. And that's why, you know, there's always been, like, that divide between, or in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think. That's why there's always been the divide between that and, like, you know, in indie scene, Yeah, you know? soul, soul is a good word. I was thinking, like, care or, like, when we talk about food, I think people say love. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, there's a lot of love and, uh, like, but, but care, you know? Like really, really giving a shit <laughs> that can set things apart, you know, yeah. and you can do things without caring that much. Mm -hmm. And then you can do them caring a lot. Yeah. And it's a huge and that's, I think, what sets them apart. Totally. It's interesting to think about the different fields of the different stuff we usually talk about food and music and art and computers and think about how. The artist's touch kind of manifests itself in different ways in all of those uh, in all of those disciplines. I mean, I love ideas and I love things that are like immaterial and can be transmitted without like f any kind of physical thing. But there is a undeniable magic in making like a thing that someone else is going to use, even if it's you know it, it's funny the things that become kind of sacred to people that like make things out of clay you know like when you you know you make something you, you labor over like a cup and make sure that it you know feels right when you lift it and you you know that like you know your nose isn't going to bump up against the rim when you like take a sip and that you know all of these different little things those are aq and mrb problems yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> sames sames exactly <laughs> So, and then you think, and then you get all of this, you give someone something that's really humble, like a cup, and then you get, you get pleasure out of thinking about the fact that this becomes like a part of their everyday life. It's like a thing that they use and they might give their kids some juice in it or, 
have a you know have like a drink after like a hard day or whatever it is and you know that there's like some connection between you when they use the thing that you made and that is such an interest that is the quality of that connection that the artist is trying to create with the person that ends up with their like pot is like that is such a it's very sort of unique and really interesting and is very different from the type of satisfaction that people are seeking when they like write code for example where things get kind of like things get kind of crass like it's really different to consider like uh the differences i think music is similar though like a lot of people like there is that it's it's different in that it's not something physical usually that you that manifests stuff that you can hold but there's definitely this same i guess food too there's definitely the same like music ends up intertwining itself into your life in a way where like you remember you associate music with certain aspects or memories in your life and you know i definitely like there's i'm sure most people who have any affinity of music like will associate songs with different points in their life or moments or like ex feelings or experiences and i think that that is like a similar thing that the musician maybe not is maybe the intent isn't as direct you know but there's definitely there's definitely a similar goal i would say yeah i mean it you know it also like makes me think about uh when you're walking down the street in new york and you catch a whiff of like the salted uh candied peanuts and cashews <laughs> and that's about nuts yeah that's no? about nuts yeah and for me like that's very much like holiday season new york city like just just the way like smells sounds <laughs> can bring back these like amazing memories and thoughts there's a um, lot of smells i do not miss yeah yeah there's a couple <laughs> i know as i like as i as i like build that up it could have ended just, in like yeah, so many just, varieties of ways brought back some, uh, yeah some, well, the, some subway dank, subway, subway dankness yeah. that, uh, that came to mind first when you said smells of yeah. New York. And then I guess the other thing is like what, what ties it together for me is language and the language that we use when we talk about ceramics and pots and the fact that I have been like training and uh, really like focusing on those qualities of function and utility and just like you were saying you know that experience where you give your child some juice in this vessel and the sort of like intimacy and all these things as I started learning coding and more so web development specifically thinking about UI and UX and all these things a lot of the same vocabulary and language was being brought up when I was learning about all those things and like what's an example functionality okay. I mean like user interface the fact that there is definitely things that are way more pleasant and uh, exciting and fulfilling to use and as soon as I made the connection that those are things that you can imbue into programs and applications. I got super excited because I felt like a lot of my education was built on understanding those nuances. And I was just like, wow, how can I put these things into the applications that I build and how can I make them really awesome 
that that's, way. That's funny. Like, I don't think most people would think of, like, the lip of a mug as a user interface. Absolutely. That, that's exactly what it it's is. It's the most intimate user interface. So, it's like, like, in your face. Well, what other, what other object do we allow that close to our mouth besides, like, kissing our spouse spoons or spoons? And, yeah. and, you know, something that we would kick with our foot we wouldn't touch with our hand. Something that we would touch with our hand, we wouldn't put to our face. Something that we might put to our face, we won't put in our mouth. And it's this really interesting kind of hierarchy of objects and interaction, you know? And programs don't have quite that <laughs> yeah. involvement, but I yet. think, uh -oh. yet, yet. <laughs> but when you use something every day, it starts to become a really big part of for sure your life yeah it's true it's it's funny it's just like like it's like specifically mugs are just like a thing people take like really seriously absolutely <laughs> people get really even if you buy a shitty mug like if you buy like a 50 cent thrift store mug with a heart on it because you're like a funny ironic person or whatever <laughs> yeah. and you like drink coffee out of it every day for like three years when your cat knocks it off the counter and it breaks you're like you get really bummed out it's just it's such a funny it's just such an interesting thing and so i really like that i really like everyday kind of bare and straightforward interactions like that and i i really like being able to make that really simple connection and since programming of the type that I've done professionally for the past several years has always been like a big team effort thing. Like it's really nice to also just do a thing entirely by myself from start to finish. I mean, there's other people involved that is communal. Like someone fires my, someone bisques my pots and someone fires my pots for me and they get moved around on shelves and, you know, people take care of my stuff when I'm not there and, and, and all that. But every th I make every decision that goes into it and I do it from beginning to end totally by myself. And that's cool. I really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, as like that evolution continues, you go from wanting to be in control of some parts to being unequivocally dedicated to being in control of every single element from start to finish. I think that can also, you know, you can think about like working on uh, coding projects with a group of people or like when you have to build something and then pass it along and your baby gets sent to somebody else and you're like, <laughs> please take care of him. Please don't chip the lip. Please don't fill this with bugs, you know, like. <laughs> I'm imagining a mug filled with bugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a program, which is disgusting. Um, uh, but anyway, thank you so much for joining us, Avi. Thank you. That was, that was really fun. And it was awesome. We uh, will hope to hear more about your programming and ceramic exploits in the future. Absolutely. You guys are the bomb. Ha hope you have an awesome day. Thanks everyone for uh, thanks for everyone for joining us. Stay tuned. We have more cool guests uh, coming, and we have like a lot of news about our um, pizza book and burgeoning media conglomerate. Stay tuned, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks everyone. Peace. Peace. Peace.